everybody. Welcome back to the Complete Student Podcast. We are so excited to bring another episode to you this week. And we have a great conversation that we're going to be having. My name is Jay Dunson. I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Jackson Norton. I'm the intern, the requisite intern. The requisite intern, And yes. today we are talking about Jeff Bezos. Yes, Jeff Bezos. Tell us a little bit about Jeff. Well, Jeff is the founder and executive chairman of Amazon, where he previously served as the president and CEO. With a net worth of around $176 billion as of February 22, Bezos is the second wealthiest person in the world, according to Bloomberg's Billionaires Index, and third wealthiest person, according to Forbes. He's often criticized for his usage of his excessive wealth and the treatment of Amazon employees. Bezos is known for creating an adversarial environment at Amazon, as well as insulting and verbally abusing his employees. As journalist Brad Stone revealed in his book, The Everything Store, Bezos issues remarks to his employees such as, I'm sorry, did I take my stupid pills today? Are you lazy or just incompetent? And why are you ruining my life? Additionally, Bezos reportedly pitted Amazon teams against each other and once declined to give Amazon employees city bus passes in order to discourage them from leaving the office. The point is people are talking about this. In my experience, it's mostly a negative conversation. I believe for good reason, too. But I know that as Christians, we're not just meant to be consumers of culture. We're meant to be creators of culture. We want to actively engage the conversation and be part of what's going on in the world. Two things about this conversation that are super important are that we are not moral policemen. We talk in this podcast all the time about how we don't want to just criticize people in culture and attack people of influence from this place of moral high ground. We don't have a high horse to stand on. We're not in an ivory tower. We want to take a look at culture and ask, based on our values, based on our faith, how can we participate? How can we be part of this and how can we view this in a godly way? This conversation has the potential to be really political. The conversation around Jeff already is very political. There's conversations about wealth distribution and wealth in general, which can get into conversations about capitalism, socialism. That's not really our intention with this. We don't want to get political. We want to get personal. We're asking if we were in the situation Jeff Bezos is in, how would our faith play out? How would our beliefs and our values affect our situation if we were where Jeff is at? So that's why I want to ask Jay, if you were Jeff Bezos, what would you do with his situation? Yes. Well, first of all, <clears throat> it's great to have you on the conver- on, on the conversation. Thank you. Um, you know, it's so interesting when we start talking about people that we're not and what would we do in someone else's shoes. I always think that as people in general, especially me just thinking about myself, that I always like to overestimate myself and think that I would be um, incredibly – Generous in the sense that, like, we might think that he's maybe not generous enough, uh, which, again, we're not trying to judge anybody. Um, But I always like to think that I would be opposite of all the negative things that he is, and I would be all the good things that he is. And so I would like to say, oh, yeah, if it was me and I was in his shoes, um, yeah, I would would give away my wealth to the poor, and I would make a dent in the world and all of those things. And uh, my employees would just love working for me. They would just, you know, have... All the benefits they could ever need and all that stuff. And I don't know. That's probably <laughs> probably not true. Who knows? I, I It's hard to say, like, what I would do in Jeff Bezos' shoes. Um, but I think it's an interesting um, thought experience, experience and experiment to just kind of determine, okay, um, as Christians, with the faith that we hold, what would it look like for us 
if we had his sort of wealth and influence, um, how does that, inf- how does our faith influence what we would do and how we would respond to different situations? Um, <laughs> um, obviously, you know, he's, he's a really wealthy man. He's a billionaire. Um, my immediate thought goes to the Travis McCoy song. I want to be a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, probably shouldn't reference that one cause it's not the cleanest, but it's, it's a fun song. Um, just to think about like, what would you do with your wealth? And I would love to be like Oprah's favorite things and just start giving away things left and right, yeah. but also take care of myself and family and all of those things. Um, yeah. So anyways, do you have any thoughts? What would you do if you were Jeff Bezos, if you were in his shoes? Yeah, I think for me, transparency is key, right? Like I can't say that I'd be any better than Jeff Bezos is if I had his money. Mm-hmm. I think that I can be all of the bad things that people see in him. And I don't know if I'm any of the good things people see in him. I know that I can be straight up dumb with my money and that I can be a real jerk. And so everything that's said about Jeff could also be said about Jackson. And so I want to open with the idea of transparency. If I was in his shoes, I would open things up. I'd say, this is what my finances look like in a, in a way that's safe to be discreet. But I would open up, these are my finances to people I trust, people I love, people who have some spiritual authority on me. I'd say, how can I be better? What can I be doing? I would open up about the way that I'm treating my employees. I would open up and I'd set guidelines and accountability in place so that the people who work at Amazon, the people under me are taken care of, that on my worst day, they're still not having a bad day. I know that I'm not better. I know that I'm, I'm no holier than thou in this situation. But what I want is to say openness and transparency and honesty about your situation is really valuable. I can say, man, he spends his money so irresponsibly. But like, come payday, I completely lose that mentality. And I'm like, all right, what can we do? I got money in the account. Let's I go, go to, to Target <laughs> and I just let loose. Yeah. And so the fact that he has like, oh, this yacht and this helicopter and this plane, like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an exaggerated version of me every other Friday. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to pretend that I'm better. But I want to say if I was in his shoes, all I could do is invite voices that challenge me, voices that maybe make me rethink what I'm doing, rethink my methods. And if I have that much money, then I need that much more accountability. Mm-hmm. And I can't just say, well, I think it's okay, so it's okay. Yeah. I would have to allow other people in. I want to ask sort of a controversial question, and yeah. it's – It's said in a way that I think is a little spicy, so I'm excited. But do you think Jeff Bezos is too rich? Yeah. Okay. So um, first of all, I liked your thoughts on what you'd said about accountability, bringing in other people to the table. Is Jeff Bezos too rich? Again, looking at it from a Christian values perspective, um, it's so hard to know. Like, I don't know if we can say that anybody is too rich, um, like that, that we could judge Essentially, you know, if I was a Christian who's a billionaire, right, can we say that uh, you're too rich or that, like, God's ble- like God's given you too much? Like, I don't know how we judge that. Like, God, I think, you know, we learn through the story of Job that God gives, God takes away. You have this guy in the story of Job who's incredibly rich at one point and then who's incredibly poor at one point and then who gets blessed and is highly favored and rich again. So it's like, okay, well, he recognizes and we learn through that story that like, um, that like God gives, God takes away, that the blessing comes from him and him alone. 
and that he chooses who he's going to give these gifts to. Uh, another thing that I think about is just the parable that that Jesus tells of the workers in, in the Gospels, where he's talking about how there's this owner who has this field, and he's employing people, and he has uh, a certain number of people who come at the start of the day, and they start working, and they agree to a certain wage, and then um, throughout the day, he keeps hiring extra people to come help in the field. And by the end of the day, he's got these workers who have only served for a short amount of time that end up getting the same wages that the people who worked all day get. And the people are like, well, what's the deal with that? Like, we've worked here so much longer. And the owner's like, well, didn't you agree to this? Like, why are you upset that you agreed to this wage and I'm giving that same amount to this other person? Who are you to be able to decide what I do with my wages? Exactly. Who are we to decide what God does with his blessings and who who he gives blessings to and who uh, or how much he gives, you know, to somebody who, you know, how he blesses someone else's efforts. So it's really hard to know, like, okay, is he too rich? I don't know. I don't, I, it's not for me to decide. I don't know. I don't, it's not a sin to be rich. However, I do think that if your goal is to accumulate wealth, then you're sort of letting the pursuit of money overtake the things in your life and the purpose um, that, that becomes less Christ-centered. Like we're not thinking about um, how are we using our wealth to influence others or to bring about biblical justice, but instead we're thinking about how can I get more and more and more. I think that's where maybe there's um, an opportunity for us to go down the wrong thought train and, and to see ourselves put in um, just a, a situation where we're not using the resources God has given us in the most wise manner. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Jeff is too rich? Is there, is yeah. it, what am I missing from this? Because I'm sure there's like, there's a million different thoughts about, about this um, particular question that people could answer. Um, that's just what comes to my mind right now. What do you think? Yeah, well, you're right. There's nuance to it. Like there's a lot of aspects to the conversation. I like what you said that it's not mine to decide. Like, it's not my business to say who should be rich and who should be poor, you know? I mean, you talk about how Job and God blessed him with extreme wealth at the end of that story. There's also the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, look, I've done all these great things. What else can I do? And Jesus says, well, if you want to inherit the kingdom of heaven, I want you to give away all that you have, all that you have. And so clearly God blesses Job And in this situation, he challenges the rich young ruler, which tells me that it's not a wide blanket, that it's a personal conviction. How God speaks to you and how God directs you is going to be different to how he directs me. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just not meant to be Bezos-style rich, and maybe I am. I hope so. Sign me up, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I know that if I try and step in and judge every situation and say, well, no, 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 the rich young ruler, he did all that good stuff. He should be able to keep that money. I'm officially disagreeing with God. Yeah. And I want to be in a place where my heart can land at the end of the day in unison with God. Right. And so if I'm trying to police things and say, well, this person's too rich, this person's not rich enough because of what they've done. And yet here's a situation in which God called a man who had done all the right things, obeyed all the laws, still to give everything up. And then there's a situation with Job where God blesses him with abundance. Mm-hmm. I just begin to wonder, is it too complicated for me to understand? Right. Is it too much for Jackson Norton to grasp and to control everything? Right. And then you also have like, again, you have uh, the story of Solomon who um, uh, in his heart, like what he wanted was more wisdom and knowledge and God gave him that, but then God also blessed him and he's known as the richest man to have lived at that time. So, you know, like, again, who's to say what God should give to someone else? 
um, and what he gives to the next person. It's so hard to determine. And beyond wealth, there's talent. I mean, there's so many ways to be blessed. I mean, I can be jealous of someone else's speaking ability. I can be jealous of someone else's, you know, athletic ability. Why would God bless them with that and not bless me? And you mentioned Job, and at the end of that story, God sort of lays out the universe is very complicated and complex, and only God has the capacity to manage it. And so if I begin to start piecing things apart and trying to understand it deeper than I'm capable of, I'll only be frustrated. That's a lesson that Job learned, and I pray I learned the same lesson. Mm. I think, is Jeff too rich? Well, with, with the perspective that I have, I think if I was Jeff, I would say, with great power comes great responsibility, and with, uh, with great wealth comes great generosity. Yes. So in all things, I can tie it back to Spider-Man. Exactly. I, yeah. I dare you <laughs> to find a topic I can't. Not, with, not just Spider-Man, but just Marvel in general, I think. Exactly. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. You can find any, any life lesson through a Marvel movie, right? That's <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes I'll just, instead of doing a morning devotion, I'll watch a Marvel movie. <laughs> Is Jeff too rich? With great wealth comes great generosity. I think as you grow in your wealth, you should grow in your generosity. The ratio should remain consistent as you build. And so that's why I think as you give and as you're generous and as you give to others, give to your church, it should match your growth financially. And so if I start out making 10 bucks an hour and I give a a dollar of that to, to the church as I grow and I make 20 an hour, I should grow to put $2 in. And I don't want to stay at the same level of generosity stunted in my growth there while I skyrocket in my finances. And so I think with that wealth, you have certain influence. With that wealth, you have certain power. I mean, money makes a lot of this world go around. Money, people say money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy safety and it does buy survival for some. And so you have this money that could build wells, that could build foster shelters, that could impact the world in a really, really positive way. And how you use that is going to be contingent on the world that you live in. So money sometimes can equate to power. And if you have power, you better use it responsibly. So I want to ask, with that idea of responsibility and how we operate with wealth, with all things, do you think that there should be more guidelines and rules in place to ensure that businesses protect the health and safety of their employees. Yeah. Um, I think you, you were spot on in your previous answer about, you know, there's more responsibility and influence that comes with wealth. Um, one of those things being a position of power. Um, and, uh, we see from, um, the Bible not to like use your power to lord it over other people. Mm-hmm. Basically like don't, don't use your influence to just make life miserable for those who work for you, beneath you, um, all of those things. And, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a whole uh, world of the working force that that works to ensure that that there's health for their employees. We call it HR, human resources. It's like, hey, the the, the resource that we have in our employees are these humans. Like, let's make sure that we use those resources wisely. Let's take care of them. Let's nurture them. Let's provide for them. And, um, and so I, you know, I'm not sure if like there needs to be more guidelines. I think in the U S we have the privilege of having a good amount of like laws in place that help kind of 
establish like a, a baseline for how we treat employees. However, I think that there's always room to treat people better, right? Like there's yeah. like that doesn't have like that's that can be the baseline, but that doesn't have to be it. Like and um, you know, I, I was as we were kind of preparing for this, I was thinking about um, Maslow's hier- hierarchy of needs, yeah. and you know, on the bottom level of these hierarchy and high hierarchy of needs. Sorry, I can't say that. Is like our psychological, our physiological needs. You know, we have food, um, housing, uh, you know, clothes, all of those things that are like our basic needs. Are our basic needs being met as uh, a business? Are we providing livable wages for people? Are we, you know, doing things that help ensure that people that our that our resources, our human resources, aren't being like uh, aren't aren't going to be aren't going to disappear tomorrow because yeah. they couldn't make it right? But at the top of that hierarchy of needs is like our self-actualization. It's this desire to become the most that we can be. It's this desire to, um, you know, live with a sense of purpose to um, not just go to work, do the thing and come home and feel like, oh, well, they gave me money to live off of. And I feel like in the world that we have today, especially within the U.S., like people are looking for more than just like, Hey, I checked, I clocked in, I clocked out and I did the thing for you. But like, where's the purpose in that? Like what, what good did I do for the world? And uh, I think that's a good question and practice for, you know, what, as Christians, what we are wanting to do with our life. Like we want there to be purpose behind what we do, including like the place that we go to work. Like, can I find the purpose in it? Is it just about you accumulating your wealth or is there like more to it than that? Like, how am I, how am I treating uh, the people around me? How is my work impacting our world in a positive manner? And, um, and so we look to have our needs met, whether it's like those basic physiological needs up to all the way up to those self-actualization needs. And, um, you know, I, I was listening to um, Patrick Lencioni, uh just the other day. He was talking about, you know, there's, there's a couple things that we all – that we all want out of work and it's to, to be known, to know that our boss knows us, that he, that he like cares about us, he or she cares about us, that they, um, that they want more from us than what we can give back to them. Right. So we want to be known. We want to know that there, that our jobs matter. Like we already talked about. And we want to know that there's a way to assess their success. Like is, is there a way to measure, um, what I'm doing? Like, how do I, how do I define the metrics for what I'm doing? I want to know that like, I'm doing a good job, right? Like not that you notice me and that it, and that like, there's a, there's, you know, work that matters, but how do I know that I'm actually doing a good job at what I'm doing? And uh, those are some things that I think we all look for. Um, and you know, there's so much conversation these days about like people, um, work like working from home versus like working in an office and a lot of people right now are like I don't want to go back to work in the office why would I want to do that and I think it's because like we haven't had those needs met like if you were truly bought in if you like loved your company you loved the people you work with you loved what you're doing you felt like you were you were um, doing it well like I think that people wouldn't have as much of an issue with going back to the office because it's like well I I, I see the value and what we're doing more than like just my time clocking in and clocking out right so um, is there is there more that needs to be done to take care of people? I think that there's always room for us to grow. Yeah. And when we have power, when we have money, when we have influence, like there's there's things that we can do. We can we can help meet people, meet their needs on a deeper level. We can help them um, grow in, in their abilities and help them achieve their goals and all of those certain things. So I think there's a lot of room for growth. Um, thankfully, we have we have people who who try to help in businesses and human resource officers who try to make sure that people are being taken care of but i always think if you've got the power and influence and money to make someone's life better like you you could do that yeah i love that 
I, I like what you said about purpose. It, it, it sparked this thought in me. I mean, you have kids, so I'm sure that you remember at times the why game of like, well, why? And then you answer, and then, well, why? Mm. You answer, and why? Yeah. And we had these kids that asked why, 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 why? And then all those kids grow up to be adults, and we're confused why they want to know the why of what they're doing, right. why they're being treated this way, why they should work this hard. Yeah. And they continue to ask why just in more direct, pointed ways. And I think we have a culture of people who want to see the purpose and they want to see the why instead of seeing just the what and the how. And I think as an employer, if you're a business leader, that's important to keep in mind is that building a healthy workplace means explaining the why to people. And I, I like the way you said about HR because, I mean, we have an HR department here at the church. And it's not because we don't trust our pastors. Right. But there's that line, trust but verify. We trust them because they're spiritual leaders. We trust them because they are our leaders in the business and in what we do. But we want to verify. If there's even a 1% chance that extra accountability could help someone be safer at work, we want to take that. It's totally worth it. And I think trust but verify just means we want to encourage businesses and business leaders. We want to give them an opportunity to thrive. We don't want to hold them back with too many guidelines. We don't, we don't want to chain them up or chain them down. But we want to make sure that we're able to verify and be accountable to what's going on. And even if we do trust them, everybody has their worst days. I have my worst days. You have your worst days. And the idea that we have an HR department and people who advocate for employees, that's really awesome because we know we can verify even though we trust. Yeah, I, I think that the whole story of, I mean, this Jeff Bezos conversation yeah. leads into I, we're not calling him a bad person. Right. But we would just want to make sure that the practices align with values. Right. And that's all that, that's all that it is. Absolutely. We wanted exactly what you said. Um, if we were in his shoes, how would we react and respond as Christians? And, uh, and I think he, he's a good, uh, good a, a model for us to be able to look towards and say, okay, if, if we were in our shoes, how would we respond differently or how would we respond the same way? And so my question to you then is like, what can we learn from the life of Jeff Bezos? I have an interesting thought about it, but uh, it's probably taking this conversation in a different direction, but I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, definitely. As I, as I thought about this, you know, over the weeks as we were prepping for this podcast, I, I began to think, you know, success is more than monetary. Mm-hmm. Success is more than accumulation of wealth and of money. Success is, is represented by your, your legacy. More important than how you lived is how you'll be remembered. Yeah. The life that you lived lives on beyond you, especially in Jeff's case. He is the founder of Amazon. I mean, I use Amazon just about every day, mm-hmm. and he is one of the richest men in the world. He's going to leave an impact. His footprint will be on the nation, on the world, moving forward long after his death. Mm-hmm. And if I was Jeff... I'd begin to wonder, how will I be remembered once I'm gone? I can live a great life and have a lot of fun and really enjoy every moment while I'm here. But after I'm gone, I want to know that my legacy is safe. I want to know that people saw me for something more than just a rich guy. And not that that's my opinion of Jeff, but I would be concerned about my legacy if I was that close to leaving a massive footprint on the world. Yeah, you know, that's... um... It's interesting if you ever read like autobiographies, like the reason why I think we read autobiographies and want to read about the life of someone else is because we sort of try to picture ourselves and their story, right? And we sort of try to like, okay, we try to learn from um, some of the things that they went through. We identify with certain 
challenges maybe that they've faced. And, and so it's always this constant, like, okay, how can I learn from their, uh, their experiences or how do I see myself in their experiences and what did I do? And, you know, it's, it's an experiment in learning. That's the reason why I think we do autobiography. So this idea of leaving a legacy of like, how am I going to be remembered? It's like, okay, what are people going to write about me in my autobiography? How are people going to relate to my story? I think it's interesting. Okay. But on a totally different note. So what did, what did we learn from the life of Jeff Bezos? For me, one of the things that I love about Jeff Bezos and Amazon as a company Um, with him spearheading it, I'm sure this has a lot to do with his own thinking, is that he puts a lot of effort and energy into investing into the future. Um, There's this like sense of like, I'm not afraid to fail, right? Okay, so it's been reported that that Amazon last year, in the year 2020, spent $42.74 billion in research and development. Okay, $42 billion in research and development. Um, so their success doesn't come from a few really great ideas, although like we remember Amazon for some of the things that they do, the really small things, but it comes from investigating many different areas. It's this idea of like, okay, like, uh, how can we continue to innovate? How can we continue to change the landscape of shopping online? How can we continue to serve the needs of our customers? We're going to try some things. We're going to invest in some things. We're going to make some mistakes along the way. We're going to have some failures. But some of those things might lead to success. And um, uh, the you know one of those examples would be um, Amazon invested into a phone a couple years ago. Uh, it's been a, a few years now. It was the Fire Phone back in 2013. They invested millions and millions of dollars into the Fire Phone, and it was a complete disaster. Like it didn't work, right? Like it, it was a failure on their end. They did not. They discontinued it a year later. At the same time, they took some lessons that they learned from the Fire Phone, and they were able to. Uh, invest better into the Amazon Echo and Alexa, which were also being researched and developed at that same time. So that has made them billions of dollars in return. But you could look at the Fire Phone and be like, well, we invested millions of dollars and we lost. Like it was was a loss. It's a complete loss. And success can have a way of making us more afraid to fail or to take risks. Um, But in, in, in Jeff's mind or in Amazon as a company, like they've said, it's okay to fail. It's an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to learn. They're okay with failing. And I love that. I love that idea. Like I think so many of us are afraid to fail. We're afraid to take that next step. We're afraid to like look at our own life and say, okay, what am I going to invest myself into that may not have the return on investment that I was hoping for, but what can I learn from that experience? And I think we often, um, handicap ourselves by not allowing ourselves to invest in things that we're not sure is going to be a success, right? So we, we could potentially be missing out on some incredible lessons that we could learn from the losses that can be transferred into future wins later on. Um, and, and I just love the idea that they're not, that they're, they're, they're not comfortable with accepting yesterday's victories, but they keep striving to be better and to serve their customers. So that's, that's an element of, of what Jeff has done with Amazon that I really like that like there's a, they are the number one company in the world in investing in research and development. Like they take a huge significant portion of their, of their income and of their earnings and are saying, Hey, we're going to reinvest this into something else that could be a complete failure. But along the way, we might learn some really incredible things. And I think that we could all learn some lessons from that. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think the the lessons from his life are, are going to be really important. We talked about how we'll remember him, and I think we will remember him for the commitment to R&D, the commitment to searching into the future to find the best possible way to yeah. succeed. I want to ask, I mean, the whole idea of having this conversation is to engage, to be part of the conversation to create culture. So what can we do in that to be part of this situation? Yeah. So uh, whether it's thinking about his wealth, his influence, um, the way he treats people, I think like we can continue to invest and invest into people, right? Like um, I think one of the most important lessons to learn in life that continues to show its face in, in, in so many different areas is to live by the golden rule, right? To do unto others what you would have them do unto you. So if you were in this opportunity to have lots of money, to have lots of authority, to have lots of influence and power, like how would you want other people to treat you, you know, and, and, and living your life based off of that? Like I want to treat people the way that I want other people to treat me. If I have the power and influence to treat people better, to invest into them, to like nurture them, to develop the skills in them. Like I want to do that because I want the same thing. I think so many of young people like truly in their jobs are like, okay, I want a mentor. I want someone to invest into me. I want someone, but like how in turn do we get to that point where we're investing back into other people or we have uh, even people who are young enough, younger than us, we may feel like, okay, I haven't arrived to where I want to be, but have I learned something and how can I pass that on? How can I invest what I have back into somebody else? Um, I think as Christians, we talk about, uh, the Bible talks about how uh, you'll be known by how you love others. I wish sometimes it said that you would also be known for how you hate others yeah. <laughs> because I think that's equally as true. Like we can be known by how we love others and, uh, and that can bring people to a knowledge of Jesus. However, in the same way, so often, like as Christians, we are known for not how we love others, but how we maybe hate on others or how we judge others or all these different things. We're known for what we're against rather than what we're for. And it just comes back to, for me, it comes back to this idea of like, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Like, how can we invest in people well? How can we continue to like use what we have to influence other people? And, uh, and so that's, that to me is what it's all about. Like, what are our values? How do we pass those on to others? Yeah, that's awesome. I think if you want to engage in this conversation, you want to be part of building culture around the idea of wealth and treatment of workers, the best thing you can do is learn your values now. Yeah. You can learn what you believe. You can learn what's important to you, your passions and your purposes. And then you can have that for when you get farther down the road. Yeah. If I don't know how I want to spend my money, if I don't write a budget, come payday, I'm not going to spend it well. All the values I talk about, if I don't truly believe them, if I haven't looked into them enough to make them important to me, they're going to fall off by the wayside as soon as I'm in the position yeah. to actually utilize them. Exactly. So learn your values now. Commit to those now. Because maybe you do become just like Jeff, and maybe you do get $176 billion. Where will your values be then? If you learn them now and commit now, you can have them down the road when you need them. Exactly. That's all I have. Yeah, I think the more uh, money, power, influence you have, the more it will reveal the values that you hold. Yeah. And uh, I think pouring... Uh, pouring like wealth and all these things into your life like is an accelerator to show 
what what has already been there all along. So a lot to learn from Jeff, the conversation of Jeff Bezos. And uh, I appreciate the conversation that we've had today. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to the conversation. I hope you guys join us again next time for another episode of the Complete Student Podcast. But again, thank you guys so much. We love that you are here with us, that you're joining the conversation. We encourage you guys to continue to be a part of the conversation with us. And until next time, we will see you again. Thank you.